good afternoon. It is 2.30 on this Wednesday, February the 10th. I'm Bob Welch, and welcome to my world. In the headlines, Massachusetts Secretary of State William Galvin wants to talk to the investor known as Roaring Kitty about his multi-million dollar gains on his GameStop stock. He was a representative for Mass Mutual, but was his online activity a hobby or something else? Andrew Yang wants a candidate for president as a double-digit lead in the race for New York City mayor, according to a new poll. And later, New York police had to help a suspect fleeing from them after that suspect was dangling from a building ledge a few blocks east of Central Park. He had something ice cold in his backpack, and you'll have to hang out until the end to get the scoop on this. In the weather for our Northeast Kingdom and northern New Hampshire neighborhood, uh, chilly one today, only getting up to 24, but, you know, that's typical for winter. West-northwest winds 10 to 20 miles an hour. Partly cloudy skies tonight, down to zero. Partly cloudy skies tomorrow, up to 20, and down to six below tomorrow night. Looking at Friday, high temperature of 15. Friday night, 10 below zero. A mix of sun and cloud for Saturday and 17. And looking around the region, as our clock reads uh, 2.31, we have uh, 30 degrees in Boston, 34 in Central Park, Manhattan, under sunny skies. Brewster, New York, 32 degrees. Hartford, 34. Barnstable, 30. Montreal, 21. Albany is at 28, repeating our St. Johnsbury temperature. In fact, I didn't tell you about it the first time. <laughs> uh, cloudy skies, 21 degrees. You're listening to Bob's World. Never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen. And you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Massachusetts securities regulators want to interview Keith Gill, the investor known online as Roaring Kitty, whose multi-million dollar gains on stock in the realtor GameStop have made him legendary in Internet stock trading circles. A spokesman for Secretary of State William Galvin tells the Boston Globe their office sent a subpoena late Monday to Gill. They want his testimony as it investigates whether any securities regulations were violated when the Wilmington, Massachusetts resident who works at Mass Mutual, the Springfield Financial Services Company, touted GameStop stock in his spare time. Gill holds licenses to sell most kinds of investments and offers financial advice. He is required as a registered broker-dealer agent to tell his employer about outside business activities. At issue is whether his online activity laying out his enthusiasm for GameStop on social media was work or a hobby. For much of the time that Gill was promoting GameStop in YouTube videos and on an investor forum on Reddit, he was working for Mass Mutual. As a director of financial wellness education, he resigned from the company last month. Uh, 
Galvin's office had previously requested information from MassMutual about Gill's responsibilities and how it supervises registered brokers, including their use of social media. Galvin has said that MassMutual told his office that had it known about Gill's online commentary on GameStop, it would have ordered him to stop. MassMutual also said it had denied an earlier request by Gill to manage investments for a family friend. According to Galvin, Gill gave notice January 21st and left his job a week later, according to Galvin's office. A MassMutual representative could not be reached for comment. Galvin declined to comment further. Last week, he said the investigation is not about him. It's about the bigger issues here, transparency and the adequacy of the licensing process. That's Bill Galvin speaking. A lot has been asked of elementary and high school students everywhere during the pandemic, possibly too much, at least in the province of Quebec, if the results from the school year's first report cards are any indication in the province. The report cards show that many students are struggling, leading to calls for the Quebec government to lower the bar for CEGEP admissions. CBC Montreal reports data collected from 100 primary and 40 secondary schools by a province-wide group of school administrators show that 20% of students are failing French and a quarter of them are failing math. According to the Quebec Federation of Educational Institutions, that's a rough translation of what its proper French name is, the percentage of failing students is usually around 15%. The latest report cards are the first of two students will receive during the academic year. Last month, Quebec Education Minister Jean-Francois Lauberge announced that grades in the second report card would be given more weight than the first. Roberge also canceled all ministry exams. It is 2.40 on that clock on the wall. You're listening to Bob's World and from New York. Entrepreneur and former presidential candidate Andrew Yang is commanding a double-digit lead in a new poll released this morning in the Democratic primary for mayor. His closest rivals are Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams and City Comptroller Scott Stringer. They trail by more than 10 percentage points each. Yang would win 28% of total votes, with Adams projected to win 17% and Stringer getting 13%. The poll was conducted by Fontas Advisors and Core Decision Analytics. Sean Donovan and Maya Willey would each get 8% of the vote. Catherine Garcia, Ray McGuire, and Diane Morales scored just 2% apiece. Those numbers reflect what operatives for campaigns other than Yang's have been quietly saying for days, that if the election were happening tomorrow, Yang would almost certainly win. One key reason is that New Yorkers already know who he is. Yang's name recognition far exceeds that of his competitors. This is Bob's World. I'm probably okay to have one more drink before I drive home. I'm probably okay. I open the window to stay alert. Probably okay. I just popped some gum in my mouth. Step out of the car, please. I probably made a mistake. Probably okay isn't okay when it comes to drinking and driving. If you see a warning sign, stop and call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzzed driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. 
Hi, it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance, reminding you that when you adopt a shelter pet, you discover all the things that make them unique. Adopt pure love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. Rhode Island has lined up education experts from around the country. Rhode Island has lined up education experts from around the country, including former U.S. Education Secretary John King, to help with a new task force that will study learning loss among Rhode Island students during the COVID-19 pandemic. The Boston Globe reports the task force, which will meet six times over the next five weeks, is expected to review exams that students have taken this year and make recommendations for how to help students who have fallen behind in school catch up to their peers. The review will offer the deepest look yet at how students' lives have been disrupted during the pandemic, and the report could serve as a guide for the entire country on how to address learning loss over the course of two school years. King will deliver the keynote address at the task force's first meeting tomorrow. Other experts slated to speak to the task force in the coming weeks include Jennifer McCombs from the RAND Corporation, former Massachusetts Education Secretary Paul Ravelli, Kenneth Wong from Brown University, and Pedro Nagura, a former Providence teacher who is now the dean of the Rosier School of Education at the University of Southern California. In Nova Scotia, Halifax Transit is hitting the brakes on its Valentine's Day contest after receiving heavy criticism online. Maggie Jane Spray, a spokesperson for the Halifax Regional Municipality, tells CTV Atlantic, the intention behind the contest was to share and collect positive stories of couples who met on transit to celebrate Valentine's Day. The contest was called Love in Transit and was created in hopes of receiving positive stories to lift people's spirits leading into the 14th of February. The winner of the contest would have won a $50 gift certificate to a restaurant in the Halifax area. While some romantic stories were submitted, others shared stories of harassment and assault. Halifax Transit user Megan Cox tells CTV, quote, What's happening on the bus is people are being approached, they don't have anywhere to go, and they're being trapped, and that doesn't really sound like a cute story to me. Cox says although similar situations have happened to her, she didn't report them to police. She says she is glad she voiced her concern about the contest and that Halifax Transit listened. And today, Halifax Transit wrote in a tweet, quote, Based on your feedback, Halifax Transit has made the decision to cancel the Love in Transit contest. We thank those who submitted their stories, and we will be following up to advise on how those entries will be managed. When CTV News asked police how often harassment and assaults happen on the bus, they said data revealing that information wasn't readily available and told CTV News to contact the Halifax Regional Municipalities Government. However, that municipal government said to contact police. A back and forth. Ken Wilson, the transit union president, said, The only stats we have are on transit operator assaults, and there's at least five operator assaults on transit operators daily across Canada. So if we're getting assaulted as a transit worker, I can only imagine what's happening to a passenger. Grace Hawley told the Boston Globe yesterday, the wintry encounter felt like a National Geographic moment 
except she wasn't watching from behind the safety of a television screen. The 30-year-old woman from Boston's Roslindale neighborhood was snowshoeing with a friend in the Arnold Arboretum of Harvard University late yesterday afternoon. Her 10-month-old golden retriever in tow when they veered slightly off one of the main paths. Suddenly, about 20 feet away, they noticed a large coyote enjoying what appeared to be a rabbit dinner. Blood and meat speckled in the snow for good measure, much to her surprise. The animal started taking a few steps toward them, its teeth bared. Doesn't look friendly, does it? Holly, her dog Tempest, and her friend backed away slowly from the coyote, with Holly singing fee-fi-fo-fum loudly to frighten the animal. Uh, they uh, managed to distance themselves without incident and get back on the trail. The coyote returned to its meal. I now have get ready, cause here I come playing in my head after hearing those lyrics sung by the woman trying to get away from the coyote. It's amazing what music will do. We'll take a look at birthdays and days gone by next. This is Bob's World. I decided as the numbers kept going higher and higher on the scale that I couldn't do it alone. When I was 350 pounds, I was pretty much a shut-in. I call it my lost decade. Tops gives you all the tools and the support is huge. Tops is really fantastic. I've lost 77.25 pounds with the help of Tops. 125 pounds. 78 pounds. You can do it. Tops can help. Visit a meeting free. Learn more at tops.org. That's T-O-P-S dot O-R-G. It is absolutely going to change your life. We all make choices about alcohol. Kids make choices whether to drink or not. Bye, Dad. Remember, I'm going to Alex's party tonight and sleeping over. Hey, Em, remind me about that party again. And adults make choices whether to talk about it. That's true of parents and every other trusted adult in a kid's life. Kids want to know our expectations, and they want honest answers in everyday conversations. So talk with your kids and help lead them on a positive path. Because when you talk, they hear you. Learn more at underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Welcome back to Bob's World on this Wednesday, February the 10th, the 41st day of 2021. There are 324 days left in the year. Celebrating birthdays today are opera singer Leontine Price. She is 94. Actor Robert Wagner is 91. Two members of the Ventures are making a birthday today. Don Wilson is 88. Bob Spaulding is 74. Singer Roberta Flack is 84. Singer Jimmy Merchant of Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers, not a teenager anymore, 81. Olympic gold medal swimmer Mark Spitz is 71. Walt Disney exec Robert Iger is 70. You know him better as Pablo Cruz, but rock musician and composer Corey Lirios is 70. World Golf Hall of Famer Greg Norman, 66 today. Country singer Lionel Cartwright. 61. ABC News correspondent George Stephanopoulos is 60. Political commentator Glenn Beck, 57. 
This day in 1763, Britain, Spain, and France signed the Treaty of Paris, ending the Seven Years' War. We may know it better as the French and Indian War in North America. 1840, Britain's Queen Victoria married Prince Albert of Saxe, Coburg, and Gotha. 1933, the first singing telegram was introduced by the Postal Telegram Company in New York. 1936, Nazi Germany's Reichstag passed a law investing the Gestapo with absolute authority, exempt from any legal review. 1959, a major tornado tore through the St. Louis area, killing 21 people and causing heavy damage. 1962, the Soviet Union exchanged captured American U-2 pilot Francis Gary Powers for Rudolf Abel, a Soviet spy held by the United States. 1967, the 25th Amendment to the United States Constitution dealing with presidential disability and succession was ratified as Minnesota and Nevada adopted it. 1992, boxer Mike Tyson was convicted in Indianapolis of raping Desiree Washington, a, a Miss Black America contestant. Tyson served three years in prison, and Roots author Alex Haley died in Seattle, also in 1992, at age 70. 1997, a civil jury heaped $25 million in punitive damages on O.J. Simpson for the killings of his ex-wife and her friend, on top of $8.5 million in compensatory damages awarded earlier. In 2005, Britain's Prince Charles announced he would marry his divorced lover, Camilla Parker Bowles, in April. And North Korea boasted publicly for the first time that it possessed nuclear weapons. And now something for last. The New York Daily News reports today, a crook got stuck dangling off a Manhattan building ledge while trying to evade police and needed the cops' help to scoop him off his precarious perch. Police first got a call about the crook at a CVS pharmacy on Lexington Avenue near 97th just before 10 o'clock yesterday morning. When officers arrived, suspect Anthony Pastori ran out of the Upper East Side store and into a courtyard a block away, but he got stranded on a high ledge as he tried to climb over a fence and got into an alley several feet below. A photo posted on Twitter by the 23rd Precinct's official Twitter account shows this. Members of the NYPD's emergency service unit showed up, cut a hole in the fence, and pulled 30-year-old Pastori to safety with a harness. Officers later found 10 cartons. 10 cartons of haagen ice cream stuffed in the Staten Island man's backpack. This isn't the first time. Those, th those people have met each other. Pastori was charged with petty larceny and a criminal possession of stolen property and given a desk appearance ticket to show up in court May 3rd, police said. He, he's, the, the judge may well say, oh, Mr. Pastori, we meet again at the hearing because he's got a pension for bulk robberies, the police say. Back in December, he was busted for swiping 60 deodorants from a CVS in Queens. He's due back in court March 23rd for that. Since 2016, the, the serial thief has been nabbed 23 times for petty larceny, mostly shoplifting, as well as drug possession. Coming attractions, usually in February, for high school 
sports in Vermont, we'd be getting towards the finals and the Barry Auditorium would be the place to be. This season is obviously different. Our first guest on this uh, broadcast is Friday. Mike Olmstead will be with us. Local sports is his beat, and he is sports editor for the Newport Daily Express. And I'll be speaking with him in the afternoon. And as such, the broadcast will be going out perhaps around 4 or 5 that day which is about when it'll be hearing, uh, showing up in your phones today. As uh, the clock reads 3.43 in the East Coast, that's Bob Welch's world for this Wednesday, Friday, February the 10th. Wednesday, February the 10th. I got Friday in the brain. I suppose you do too. I'm Bob Welch. Thanks for listening.